Miss Fame. Hi, Candy Ray. Ho. Hi. Now, you're kind of an unlikely pairing. Did you all connect before you left? We never got a chance to connect at all. But I feel like I wish I had a bit of Candy because she's fearless and I'm full of fear. Mm. So there's a part of the energy she exudes on stage I need to have in my life to be better. And after talking with her now, I said, I wish I would have had the chance to get to know more about you. And here's our chance to really know who one another is. Miss Fame, she talks so much. Her answers are paragraphs. She's got such a, a, a balance and a fearlessness about her, and I'm like, girl, your energy is just what I need. And there's been moments in my life where clear conversation, it's like it goes right into my head, and I want to be able to show who I am. Girl, just shut the fuck up. Just shut up. So, Miss Fame, in the past, you've talked about just being too cerebral and in your head. Yeah. And in fact, while we're on, how is your head? You know, I was talking with her. I said, when you... See, now, that's it right there. So you just missed that joke. I missed... Wait a minute. Stop it. Stop it. You have to listen. I've said that to you several times. How's your head? The answer's been roaming around, but you have to listen. So I'm going to ask you again. Miss Fame, how's your head? Fine. <laughs> Not the answer, but you kids knock it out of the park. Can't wait to see you as twins. Thank, Thank you. Okay, so I know that the focus of the scene is really about Miss Fame, and there's a whole narrative here, and we're going to talk about it. But this scene, and I think another scene later, while they're all getting their makeup on, uh, I want to talk about Candy Ho. I want to talk about Miss Ho. She is back on our alleys. We are back on her alley. Um, Did you bring a sweet tooth? I'm just checking. Uh, I, you know, I, I checked, I checked, but you know, it, I really, I didn't really need it because I didn't get much of a taste of Candy Ho anyway. Um, <laughs> I in fact got next to nothing from Candy Ho, and it's it is, it is baffling how little she's giving on on uh, in terms of the reality TV side of this. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, I on the reality TV. Do you think it's the edit, or do you think that's just Candy Ho? Well, I think that at one point, what was she talking about where she said, oh, oh, I think um, they had kind of they were prompted to talk about their families. And so Miss Fame was like, oh, you know, are you are you close with your family or whatever? And she's like, oh, yeah, we're close. She's like, oh, is it just your mom? No, and she, no she's not single. No, she's with somebody. Mm. Like just not yet. And meanwhile, Miss Fame is like, you know, she's just giving the narrative of her life and, and her emotional state. And it's like, say what you will about Miss Fame and her blabbermouth, but she's giving them content for days. And she, I appreciate that. Yeah. So to comment on that, I, she's edited here, especially in this little clip, as this just kind of like rambling idiot. And it just seems like such a backstab. Because she was giving so much content to the producers and the camera. Like, here, you could use any of this. And yet the backstab is, oh, well, it's too much. Right. Like, let's tell this from Candy's point of view and edit in some eye rolls and some sighs. And, oh, Miss Fame, all of her answers are just too much. It's like, Candy, you could you could do to take a scoop from Miss Fame's supply you know what i mean like you could do to take a, a pointer or two from that sister you know <laughs> oh you're right on point there mary um mm -hmm. just making a point yeah yeah <laughs> fingers right on the money um yeah 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 on the candy so i mean i love candy Ho. sticky fingers sorry sticky fingers. <laughs> 
cookie fingers. Um, so, uh, I mean, everybody knows. Most people know. If you don't know, if you're just tuning in, Marys, I love Candy Ho. I don't even think that I need to qualify that with any sort of justification. I, I am a huge fan of Candy Ho, including I Hope You Brought a Sweet Tooth. Um, but it was kind of weird that... I mean, I do know that they tell the girls, they're like, say something nice and say something mean, right? So they could just use whatever they want to use. Uh, so I'm assuming that's what happened here. But yeah, it just seemed, it, it seemed like a vicious edit for Miss Fame, one that is kind of setting her up to go home. Uh, obviously, we did get the, it's an iconic response, but how is your head? Fine. <laughs> Yeah, which I think is the even better answer, yeah. Agreed. I mean, I think that if you look at Miss Fame versus Katya, I think they are both sharing a lot of vulnerability and sharing a lot of personality. And Katya's, I mean, the episode before this, Snatch Game, Snatch Game episode was Fame and ta- Katya talking about, you know, dealing with sobriety in the mm-hmm. workroom and Katya breaking down. And, and it was all treated with great sincerity. And I love that scene. But I feel like Miss fame it's like well you are actually not producing your vulnerability in a way that's as entertaining as katya's um and that's what i feel like is happening so we're gonna make a boob out of you Mm. and it it is it's it's a little like it makes me think of the um rue hollywood stories episode when she's like i'm sorry should i not talk about my feelings like (laughs) especially like in this show where it's like yeah we want you to talk about your feelings we want content she's like here i'm talking about my feelings and they're like could you shut up yeah i I, it's, I don't know. I really, I mean, I, I, I sympathize with slash totally um, am on Miss Fame side. There's no question. I'm uh, a fame monster, if you will. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I think now I'm recalling our previous conversations uh, before we stopped at Snatch Game for season eleven. That yeah, fame. She's calling out. She's asking for help. She's like, please. I need to unload, and they keep saying, nope, wrong time, wrong time. And yeah. I, I don't even think that it is the wrong time. I think they're just like, nope, wrong contestant. Right. This is not your season to win. I think if Miss Fame was killing the competition, maybe they would be able to craft some narrative of like, oh, here's you know this confident ice queen, quote unquote, who's actually like quite nervous and you know kind of a, a Davina de Campo almost storyline mm. of like here's this consummate queen who's actually having confidence issues, right? Uh, you know, yeah, it's um, it's weird. I don't know. I I uh, just you mentioned earlier that yeah, our previous conversations. It just reminded me. I I was listening to our season, our snatch game recap just to kind of catch up like where were we in the process of season seven and i noticed we're recording this episode on december 10th we of 2019 we posted the snatch game recap on december 9th of 2018 wow. so we are almost a whole year has gone by a whole fucking year it feels like three years mary it feels like, like so much has happened in and outside of the world of Drag Race and the paradigm RuPaul's created with this BDBD TV show, <laughs> that yeah, I like just just kind of met a moment of like uh, the fact that we're back here talking about like Miss the Goosey Miss Fame and the, you know the sensitive Miss Fame and and all of this. It's like oh my god, oh my god, we were having this conversation a year ago. Yeah, yeah, Ugh, fame. Yeah, I total Miss Miss Fame monster here and. 
uh, I did kind of love the interaction with Rue. And, and I love that she just started gushing about Candy Ho until they did the whole slow-mo, you know, bumbling idiot edit. And it just seemed, I mean, I laughed because it's absurd, but also vicious. Uh, yeah, not, not cool. Not cool. Yeah, I I'd be I'd be embarrassed to if that if I were her to see that that was how they edited at that moment. Yeah, like what the fuck, you know? Rue's mm-hmm. there. I mean, and they even show like shady shots of Rue, kind of like with the tongue. Uh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, uh, it made me feel so weird. I will say that Candy Ho on the runway with Miss Fame over outshined Miss Fame in the sense that there was this nuance that. Candy was doing where she was kind of like twitching and convulsing a little bit that I thought was really entertaining and fame wasn't going into that at all I could barely tell them apart honestly <laughs> like I kept confusing the two which I guess is a credit to Miss Fame but I I didn't know which which was one and which was the other mm. so um yeah yeah well, uh, well you know fame she was on the bottom uh and I think she was she was put on the bottom mostly because she had this little blip, this little, how is your head? You have to pay attention. You have to pay attention. And they're setting her up to kind of circle the drain here. Cause I think she goes home next or, uh, in two episodes, she goes home next because yeah. it's the John waters challenge next. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. It's the John waters challenge. Oh, the poo, and the poo, the poo song. That you the poo like. song. Yeah. 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 But it'll be great to see Katya in the uh, female trouble bit. I feel like that's oh, that's yes. such a highlight of this season. Oh, definitely. Where's your Christmas spirit, Dawn? Like, I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah, that pose that she makes. Mm. Oh, God. So the good. legs, yeah. So yeah. good. Um, so uh, that's, that's our clip of the week. I... I think it goes without saying that we are jumping back in at a very interesting point because we get the entire cast again. It's yeah, it's deja vu all over again. It's like we are starting with the whole bunch, even Tempest, as Katya says. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Really. You're never too old to dream, you know? man tempest you know the story of tempest on season seven just like you know the, the go home queen <laughs> like <laughs> yes 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 uh the the brushing her off the stage dusty queen totally like i feel like that's tempest's um you know reclamation is now she's the one you know waving someone off the stage instead of her being sent off stage you know <laughs> totally you know she had a one-liner that we'll get to that I, I I laughed out loud. And I don't normally laugh out loud when I'm watching this alone, but I certainly laughed out loud at her little one-liner that she makes later. Did you happen to watch any of Untucked? Of course. It was oh, actually a good. great episode. Good, yes. Okay, great. Because Tempest is in the middle of the storm there, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, I untucked this this week. There's these little gems, you know, where you're like, you wouldn't, no one's talking about like, oh, the untucked for the conjoint queens episode's really good. <laughs> but like, there's some nuance in this untucked that is like, it's, oh, I don't know. I feel like I, this was such a solid era of untucked. Agreed. Yeah. I love the style too. I think we were talking about that. Uh, earlier in our recaps of this season, mm. but this was the first time that they did the non-interior Lucens Lounge, and it was very much like 
making the band, you know? Yeah, and I gotta say, like, especially watching it now, like, letting it galvanize over a few seasons, it works. It works. The season seven iteration of Untucked works so well. It, 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 It captures the most of that, like, um, candid and maybe because it was being produced for YouTube they weren't thinking about making it this VH1 show on its own of mm-hmm. untucked mm-hmm. it just you know it doesn't have the same uh, real behind the scenes energy that like is I think is really interesting right right it doesn't feel like uh, what does she say now in the start of untucked like that means when queens go off stage and- oh <laughs> I know I feel like I'm watching like a like a Vox media you know info piece you know on Facebook you know what I mean like where they have the text over the yes, screen yes <laughs> it's like the same text over like you know sort of I don't know uh, something much more important and political than like you know when the queens go off stage they quote unquote untuck. <laughs> While the while the judges deliberate, it's like, no, really? Is that why they're all walking backstage? Yeah, Jane Goodall, you know, comes in and she's just pointing out the nuances yeah, of, of yeah. what happens when they take off their heels. Yeah. This is what drag queens do. They take their shoes off and they drink. <laughs> as you can see, one of them always emerges as the mama bear and the yeah. other one always as the aggressor. Watch what and, happens. Oh, <laughs> If you'll if you'll keep your eyes peeled, I think we have a cigarette break happening. <laughs> is that a is that an intimate conversation over a Marlboro? No, those are par- parliaments. Yeah. Oh, parliaments. Excuse me, parliaments. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh my god, remember that untucked or the the untucked from I think season eleven when I don't remember it was it was Evie and like Nina talking and then like Vanjie. Vanjie was the little kid who he's <laughs> like, sister. yeah, yeah. She was lost. It was like, Pat, can you go get her? Like, she's just standing on stage. Yeah. yeah she just kind of off stage. She's like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I walked in on the wrong cue. Yeah. Yeah. Vanjie, this is the second graders. Vanjie. Miss Pullman. Miss Kathy, can you just, can just, just grab her? Put her back in the first grade line, please. Just put, just, just get her. I do remember that. Yeah, with that weird backdrop. Ugh, oh, untucked. the weird backdrop. Untucked. It's like, stop it. Like, yeah. stop. Don't add things to it. Agreed. Agreed. I, You know, I feel like oh, that's some episode of ours in the future is how untucked has changed. Kind of the evolution of mm. untucked and what that means for the show and what else they're trying to say through untucked that they weren't saying before. I mean, yeah. I, we talked about this last week uh, with our uh, top 10 fingers of drag race, but you know, that, that, that last supper scene, we'll never get something like that again. No. And, and I think just to yes. And the doing the evolution of untucked, I would love to track down as many episodes as we can of under the hood from season one. Oh, Cause fuck. you want rough footage. Yes. You want some rough trade. Yeah. Rough trade. It reminds me of uh, what they're trying to do with drag race Thailand when they go, uh, yeah. you know, do their untucked uh, in season but two. It, it's like filmed on someone's like Motorola flip phone. I <laughs> yeah, feel like yeah. I feel like you watch under the hood and then like seven days later you die, you know? Like it's just <laughs> Yeah, somebody calls you up and whispers into the phone, Sashay away. Sashay away. <laughs> yeah. Sashay away. <laughs> uh, I don't think we've ever really um deliberated on Drag Race UK and how RuPaul would say Shantae, that means 
stay every week. Oh. It was like she did that like once or twice on Drag Race, on U.S. Drag Race. I think like the first season she did it once, maybe the second season. And after that, it was like, I think you guys got the idea. Right. But you know what's so funny? And I, I know that I'm just splitting hairs because it's probably just an expression. But Shantae does not mean stay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, Mary. She done already done had hers. Uh, it would be the first time that, you know, things got lost in translation, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Shantae, what's that mean? <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, delay Anang. <laughs> oh, delay Anang. Ariba, Ariba. McIntyre. <laughs> LBTQ BLT sandwich. Yeah. BLT sandwich. What you call me. I love music. I love colors. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Mary's. Yeah, I uh, that un- the, the untucked will definitely get to in this episode. But that was our clip of the week. Do you have anything to add for our clip before we move on, Mary? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine. I've had it. <laughs> I've had it. <laughs> I love fine. I think that's the finest answer, really. I do. It's great. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's and it's just pitch perfect delivery. Like you, you couldn't plan that. You I know? know. I know. And RuPaul's laugh is for real. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like that was even better than what RuPaul was expecting. He loved it even more, you know? I think it was kind of, again, it was like Darian. It was like, fuck, don't you take my joke. Like, Darian always stepped the pun up. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, you know, I I guess one final thought on this is, I think we talked about this as we were recapping before, but it seems kind of cruel, right? That they're like, oh, you don't get the joke. You're not paying attention. It's like, well, just tell her. Nobody's yeah. telling her. You got to tell her so she can just hear. tell us the joke. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell us a joke. Yeah. yeah. I know. I hear you. I feel like it's it's kind of it's kind of like playing keep away. You know. Mm, yeah. Smear the queer. Is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, well, anyway, Marys, uh, let's move on. Why don't you tell our Marys what they're listening to? Well, uh, it's been so long since I haven't done it with a British accent, but. Uh, I'll refrain. Uh, this is, of course, another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. Uh, which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to all things Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this beady, beady TV show. I'm Johnny. And I'm Colin. And uh, as we said earlier, we are keeping good to our word, and we are finishing season seven, which we started a year ago, because we're in, you know, a bit of a bit of a weird season between uh well drag race uk ending and whenever all stars five is gonna start yeah i again have not heard any announcements maybe but hopefully by the time this episode comes out there will be an announcement uh so what you said knows? last week you just you know <laughs> it reminds me of, there's this line from hysterical blindness oh she just loves waiting for that man um <laughs> Well, that reminds me of Sister Act when uh, I think it's Sister Mary Lazarus says, it's what Diana Ross said. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, oh, yeah, maybe it'll come out by next week. That's what Diana Ross said. That's what Diana Ross said. Oh, what was her name? No. Or remember she she had a name. Mary Wilkes or whatever. Mary Wilkes. Mary Wilkes. Mary Wilkes. 
<laughs> is it Wicks? Mary Wicks. Wicks it's Mary yes. Wicks. All Wicks. right, Mary Wicks. All right, yeah. Mary Wickers. Yes. <laughs> Wickers. Yes. yes. That's what Diana Ross said. So. <laughs> yeah. What you call me? Um... We'll always be together. That's what Diana yeah. Ross said. Anyway. Oh. Uh... <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, did you bring the butter pecan? Yeah. God. <laughs> Sorry, Mary. I'm going on a tangent. Oh, sister you act. are. Um, well, let's jump into this episode. But before we do, let's take a let's take a little break, shall we? I could take a little break. I got to pee anyway. Well, Mary, here we are, back, 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 back again, uh, with season seven. You know, the Motley Crew. We have this top seven. Trixie's gone, but she's soon to come back. And I, you know, I gotta say, I, it, it's weird seeing Drag Race five, six seasons later, and kind of missing this absurdity. That's kind of what I got from this whole episode. Is that actually all of this is still really absurd? And I still feel like the wink, wink, nudge, nudge from the producers, from RuPaul, from the contestants. The stakes don't seem as astronomically high. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I feel like uh, the show is not as in quotes anymore. Mm. I think it's gotten progressively out of quotes and just became, you know, an original sentence, you know. Um, And... uh, I think that's kind of inevitable. I think at a certain point, if you keep doing, it's like if you keep doing a magic trick and you keep going, oh, wow, wasn't that amazing? It's like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess. But like after a while, we're not wowed as much, you know? And so I feel like this shifting of the formats out of that into like real high stakes and like real drama and all of that, I think um, I think it's like keeping up with the tide, basically. Yeah, you know, RuPaul on the podcast on What's the Tea, rather, has talked about how important it is to kind of change things up and keep things fresh and keep the audience guessing. And and that's fine. Like when you think about All-Stars 4 and the tie and changing up the challenges and things like that and changing up Snatch Game, all of that is formulaic in theory works. But what they're not considering is actually the fandom is not in the same place where the show started because the show started in such a absurd campy platformy place where yes queer stories are being told through this you know wacky drag show that's kind of making fun of america's next top model and project runway the fandom is you know obviously some of us have grown up with it and miss that period um and then the younger fans that are coming in are fully invested like this is all real and, and that's the thing, because they think it's all real, when things change up, when the formula changes, they feel attacked. And I think that I think that what Drag Race has done really well, though, in the early seasons is that there were moments where it got real. And I think that dichotomy is kind of what's necessary to do that, to do that kind of absurdity is when you do show a difference. So season one, for example, like it, there's some there's some obviously some some high camp but then there's angina's hiv reveal you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. and um there's i feel like where there's chanel like just being this kind of like fascinating um figure you know there's so much about chanel, like just chanel just chanel is camp you know and then there's bb zahara Bonet and talking about being from cameroon and so i think that what the show did was 
it didn't take it all too seriously except for a couple of things that it took very seriously and because there was so much camp on the show the angina moment like hits so hard because you're like oh my god these are real people Mm. and in a way what it did was it like led you in with like oh these are just like campy crazy drag queens and then like viscerally showed you that they're actually real people and i think that over the years like there has been, I think, really actually more of a focus on this real person, these are real people, mm-hmm. and not having that dichotomy between, like, seeing it through a campy, draggy lens. Mm. And so, like, everything is high stakes, you know? Everything. Evie Oddly's, you know, uh, con- health condition is high stakes. You right. know, everything is high stakes right. from the get-go. Um, and so, I don't know, like, you—, you I I think there was a more artful balance, and I also don't know how intentional that was versus, like, accidental brilliance, you know? Oh, sure. I think certainly accidental brilliance, and then as the seasons go on, and we've seen this in Project Runway and Top Model, but the idea of telling my story, or you have Laganja Estranja pulling the curtain back and revealing the man behind the curtain being like, well, that was my moment. And understanding, mm-hmm. oh, this was... Oh, every queen needs to have a moment. Every you know, every person has to have a story. You see that on Dragula when uh, Priscilla got upset about you know getting stepped on while she was having her moment in in the the boudoir uh, in the morgue. And uh, you know, it's it's interesting to see how now queens are respectful of oh, this is her moment. Oh, this is oh okay. I see. The cameras have to change here. They need a different you know, uh, angle here to make sure that they get her in the mirror and then out of the mirror. Uh, I, 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 I felt like in this particular episode, we got a lot of backstories. We got Trixie's backstory, which I think is super important. Tempest uh, reminded me of Dusty's story. Um, you, you get the stories and they don't, they don't hit as hard as I feel like they would have been produced to hit hard in season 10, say. Yeah, yeah, I think that, oh, everything has such, like, everything, all all of the font is in bold when it gets to, like, yeah, season 10, season 11 with this stuff. Mm. And whereas, yeah, I think, um, oh, I something I was going to say, and I, I blanked on what it was, but uh, in terms of, like, oh, oh, just that, oh, sorry, that, like, I think as the seasons go on, even getting to season six, season seven, um, the contestants on the show are also fans of the show and some of them have started drag because of the show. And so their, um, their experience is, is fully informed, you know, it's kind of like there's the people who grew up without the internet and then learned what it was like to have the internet. And then there's people who have no idea what it's like to not always be connected. And so you're just going to come at things with a whole different way of operating. And I think that's also what we saw in the early seasons is like, these were not, you know, it's like you look at Snatch Game, for example. You look at the way RuPaul announces Snatch Game in early seasons versus like season seven, where it's like, here it comes, you're all waiting for it. Mm. And it, like, I think that's essentially that's a micro example of what happened with Drag Race. Yeah. And to kind of transition into this episode, I feel like the inclusion of Latrice in this episode, it, it was such a thing back in season four through six get those nuts away from my face. You know, it's this brand, mm-hmm. brand for Latrice, and they just kind of ran with it. I feel like it's so saturated now that to bring a queen back, I mean, they'd have so many options to choose from. You know, Monique Hart coming in and talking, it's like a brown cow stunning mini challenge. You know what I mean? And I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like with Latrice, 
it was their first kind of meme, you know, that they could bring back. Yeah, it's certainly an early in one of the earliest ones of something that like because you know that was I mean season four I think the popularity of the show I think like you know the the intersection of meme culture you know mm-hmm, like I think mm-hmm. there was just like divine timing there too but yeah like if you're gonna bring a queen back now I think the I don't want to say the standards by which you bring a queen back but I feel like the there are obvious ones of people that they know people want to see, like Alyssa Edwards. Yes. You know, it's a given. Yeah, bring Alyssa back. Sure. Even even Latrice still. Oh, yeah. People love Latrice, you know. Right. Trixie, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but there are so many other queens that, that can get lost in the mix that could have easily been um, – you know, if if they're if it's based on a certain expertise or a certain character quality, could be you know also valid. You know. Oh yeah, I mean, season five obviously Alyssa, um, and season six, I'm they they eventually do bring Bianca back, but I'm thinking, you know, who could they have put in this moment for a mini challenge if it wasn't a prison challenge? Uh, I feel like you know it could have been, it could have been like a let's see who was season four. Uh, that lost to Sharon. Uh, Fifi. Oh, oh my God. Chad. Could you imagine? Could you imagine yeah. if it was a Party City challenge? Right? <laughs> well, see, that's the, that'd be the ultimate gag. And I I'm, I don't know, you know, the Jeremy slash Fifi, like what their um, feelings are and playing those, uh, those old tunes again. But I feel like, yeah, if they had to have some kind of a challenge where they were um, – Doing a, you know, making a making drag out of a party city or you know a party store uh, supplies. I feel like having Fifi introduce that would be next level meta because mm. it's not just like oh we're having a contestant back, we're having them back, and we're having them older, wiser about something they'd said at a different time in their lives sure, on the show. Sure, you know? so that's maybe a too nuanced of an example. Yeah, I I'm mm. trying to think of a queen that you know really branded themselves with one line. Like Latrice, like Latrice, because obviously there's some, but I mm-hmm. mean, Latrice had it, you know, I, I mean, I, I Jinx won. So we, you know, I'm trying to think of a non winner uh, that did something like that. And I know that there is one and it's like right there and I'm missing. Yeah, it, so. <laughs> it's just not like it's just not. Yeah. Who had one line that they just that was their thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look how orange you fucking look. I mean, no, that's Alyssa. That's Alyssa. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, this is always a great time to petition to the Marys. What what's a uh, a one line queen? What's a, a one hit wonder queen? Who's yeah. a one hit wonder queen of Drag Race? Yeah. She's got one thing we know her for. Yeah, Mimi Queen, and it's like big, like it's yeah, big. You know? Yeah, you immediately think of this when you talk about that, right? Queen. And not nuance that they were, you know, mean or aggressive during it, or something that they needed to kind of atone for. Something that was positive. It's like Miss Fame, how's your head? Like, yes. I think that that, it goes hand in hand, you know? There you go. There you go. Well, I, you know, speaking of kind of iconic moments, I, this mini challenge stuck, I think, in a lot of people's minds. The one look, I think, that stuck was Katya's. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, season seven is like, when it comes to Katya, it's it's like watching Katya kind of show the crazy cards, you know, and like mm. how much, how much of the Joker card is she going to play? You know, like how weird is she going to get? Like, uh, and it's interesting, right? Cause it's like, you, you know, from seeing her kind of in her own element that she can get real fucking weird, <laughs> but on drag race, it's like, no one was prepared for this. And so when she's got the gross teeth and all that, it's like, 
we were all like getting fluent in this Katya thing, mm, you know? Yeah. And right on brand too, like very Russian, like very orange is the new black before mm-hmm. orange is the new black, I believe. Uh, 2015, maybe, maybe orange is the new black. I think, no, I think that's why this challenge happened. Okay, I think there was an orange is the new black reference. Yeah. Piper. Um, yeah. I, I wonder if you noticed the smallest of nuances on Miss Fame's look, Mary, and if you know why I'm bringing it up. Um, the smallest of nuances. Uh, n- I mean, no. Did she draw in a teardrop on her eye? I don't what did, on her face. Miss Fame was wearing tampon earrings that had blood on the bottom of them. Get out. I swear. I swear. Wow. And I'm just like, Hollow Eve is somewhere... Shook. Yeah, <laughs> loving her leg, you know, attending to the spiders that are indeed still all over her tits. I mean, I wonder if it was just an oversight because I was under the impression that if you're going to use feminine products, it has to be blue. Mm. I mean, the idea that we would even see a feminine product on Drag Race, exactly. you know? Yes, exactly. I just feel like it was lost. And I was like, oh, my God. Miss Fame. Miss Fame defied all of those people. And uh, in a way, I feel like it's almost like a uh, a slap in the face to Manila and to Hollow Eve and things like that, where it's like, well, this went through. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who knows how that – I mean, I certainly didn't notice it. I mean, sometimes I think, like – there was a Starbucks cup on Game of Thrones, right? Like mm. these little things can just kind of go totally by the wayside. Right. Oh, man. Anyway, I was kind of like just shaking with glee and anger at it <laughs> uh, because I, I just couldn't believe it. And I was happy that it was there. I was like, OK, cool. Uh, it's a nice little detail that fame added. Um, I have to say, though, that the winner of this mini challenge uh, was well-deserved. Kennedy Davenport. Yeah, I agree. I think watching it again, I was like, yeah, Kernedy, you know, she she gave me everything I needed. There was nuance. The ashy knees is a great touch, you know. Yeah, the chewing gum. I just love how she so nonchalantly disrobes. Uh, mm-hmm. There's this kind of like, uh, it's not a runway, but it's almost like a, are you going to buy this type of thing? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I love. Yeah, it's, it's a stroll way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> stroll way. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I, uh, again, uh, many challenges, uh, they're hit or miss now. Um, and I feel like, I think on this season they're hit or miss too. Is that, am I remembering correctly? It's, you know, it's been a year, <laughs> so I'd have to think about it. Let's be, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest on this. Um, yeah, so they, obviously they all know that there, there will be a returning queen. This is really the, the, um, the forwarding energy here is that Mm. someone's coming back who's coming back let's all protest um and i feel like you know i remember when watching this live and i remember feeling like oh my god of course it's gonna be trixie oh my god duh and so when trixie comes in i almost it was this weird feeling of like it's like they knew that we were all expecting it so okay well let's obviously it wasn't like it was max who had just gone home you know right right. um i think it it just it's interesting how, like, I don't know. It's just like it. It just it was weird when that happened. Um, I never questioned who else, who was going to stay. I knew it was going to be Trixie from the start. The edit certainly said it, and I wonder if the producers just knew 
when they sent Trixie home, oh, we're going to bring her back because she has so many fans already, you know? Yeah, and they already knew they were going to have a que- an episode where they're bringing queens back. Like, yeah, they know, like, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, they, they, uh, they can plan for this. Yeah, and, you know, when they all came back, it just reminded me of how many icons are actually on this cast and brings back that idea of like, oh, season seven is such a dud. But there's all of these fantastic icons. Like you have Jasmine Masters, you have Mrs. Kasha Davis, who's still working, Trixie, Katya, Kennedy, Violet, Ginger, Miss Fame. I mean, Tempest is my favorite. I don't know if Tempest is, you know, considered by some fans on the same caliber as you know, the others, but I was happy to see her back, right? It, it, it just, it reminded me of how great of a cast this season was and how underutilized their talents were. Well, yeah, I think that was kind of the problem, right? It was like they got a lot of queens that were more, um, I don't want to say look queens, but you know what I mean? Like it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fashion queens in an acting season. Mm. Uh, and, you know, that being said, obviously there's a, you know, Kasia Davis or Katya or Ginger, obviously, who are, you know, good at that. Um, but yeah, it just seemed like the, the cast that they got and the challenges they had didn't really sync up in a way that like, not that they all should have been easy, but like they should have made a little more sense, you know? Right. Like, like when we think about next week where there's a, you know, the John Waters challenge where it's Miss Fame, Pearl and Violet doing a scene together. It's like, (laughs) well, this is the problem. Yes. Right. Right. I mean, the script aside, right? Because, you know, they could have done anything wackadoo with the script, no matter what the mm-hmm. script was. But yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I, there's a lot of little flubs there. Um, I did love the pairings. Obviously, Lara Flynn Boyle mm. kind of got the short end of the stick, so to speak, with Tempest. Because yeah. it was just, they were so opposite. But I have to say, I don't think putting Tempest behind Jaden was a smart decision at all. I don't know what they could have done. I mean, I don't have another suggestion. Uh, I, I kind of feel like once it was down to the two of them, it maybe Tempest should have just helped Jaden start packing her bags, you know? <laughs> like, nice to have an extra pair of hands, you know, especially now um, that I'm going home. So, it, yeah, it was weird. I don't know what she could have done, you know? I, yeah, yeah it, it's one of those things. I... Uh, Tempest certainly could have helped more and maybe she did and and it, it just they they couldn't do it. Uh I do love how Tempest became this um this Harriet the spy, right? Like trying to figure out how everybody is against her, right? Like oh Kennedy knew exactly what she was doing. And oh, it's like, girl, yeah. I mean, she paired them all up pretty fairly. Uh I don't know who Tempest could have been paired with that would have been more fair. Yeah, well, Kennedy explains herself in Untucked, and she, like, I don't know, I don't think, and the editing supports it, and I think that she's being honest of, like, listen, I'm not, I don't want to win by fucking people over. I want to be really fair so that I won by being the best. And I think that's, I think that she has proven repeatedly, like, that she kind of honors that. And she goes down the line, and she explains why she picked each one. And, okay, Kennedy is a pageant queen, so she can answer a question, you know? <laughs> but she answers it perfectly, and you can't really the, – the, her, her logic for each one, it's like, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah, I see that. 
Um, and then she backs it up by saying, and my, not for nothing, but the one I picked, we're, we might be going home. So, like, if I did have a strategy, it certainly didn't work. Yeah, you know, I I totally appreciated Kennedy's response. I also thought it was just, uh, this is going to sound so shady, and I'm sorry, but, like, I don't think Kennedy was threatened by Lara Flynn Boyle, like I, or Jaden D.R. Fierce. Like, I don't think that she was threatened by her. So it wasn't like she was not going to sabotage Katya, but was going to sabotage Jaden. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Jaden didn't need to be sabotaged. <laughs> she had already lip-synced twice. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, at no point did Kennedy need to worry about Jaden. If, if anything, like, she liked Jaden. And she, yeah. like, I think, I think if anything, she probably saw that, like, uh, you know, Jaden might not have, like, the, you know, the, the grit for this, you know? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think but she I don't does think recognize that, that. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that pairing Jaden up with someone else would have made that any different. Right, and she tried. She's like, well, you know, Tempest can sew. So, I mean, there was some logic there. Yeah, she said that you guys can both sew, and I trust your painting skills. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I really, especially in Untucked, I really enjoyed Kennedy. I think that she, it was a, a roller coaster of emotions, but she... Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, I came out of it just like, like really respecting her, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, there were some times during Untucked, which we'll get to where I was like, Ugh, Kennedy, come on. No, no, that's not what's happening here. But uh, we'll talk about pageant versus comedy queen um, later, which. Oh, I, I love it's such a great that storyline. It's so it's such a rich discussion, I think. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, I we get some, you know, work workroom walkthroughs with RuPaul. Uh, we get a yes, ma'am from Max. I don't know if you clocked that. Oh, I maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't. Um, yes, ma'am. I did notice uh, when Rue goes to talk to Ginger and Sasha. I feel like Rue. It's like when you. It's like when you're making small talk at like a cocktail party and you have nothing <laughs> to say to someone. You're like, isn't this just like crazy? Isn't this wacko what we're doing? It's I can't like it's raining out. <laughs> right, it's like man, this for December, right? <laughs> right? Right? And I feel like that's kind of what Rue was doing. It was like, did you have nothing else? Like <laughs> So that was that's always stuck with me is the way she goes, "Isn't this just wacko?" It's like, "Don't you talk to me like that." <laughs> Colin, you know, just a tangent for a second. I feel like you though are the queen of small talk. I am, and that's why I'm criticizing this, because I think this is not how you do it. This is not how you are when we hang out. Um, <laughs> this is not the ganja that I know, you know? <laughs> this is not how you are when we hang out. <laughs> ganja, ganja, I didn't want to do it like this. My favorite untucked moment. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> it's, the, it's the nuance of the hang, G. You know, hang out. Yeah, the G. Hang out, the G. Yeah, the, the G. Yeah. This is not how you are when we hang out. <laughs> I didn't want to do it like this. this. And Trinity, relax, relax. Trinity. 
<laughs> Bring it down to a two, Trinity. <laughs> Bring it down to a two. I love her. Oh my God. Oh, I love that bitch. Trinity. Trinity. <laughs> Trinity. Looking gorgeous. I know. God. I know. I know. Trinity fucking K-Bonet. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so small talk, Colin, yeah, you are, you are the queen of it. You can talk to... You could talk to a wall. You could. I mean, you are are fabulous at weddings because you talk to all the old people about everything. I well, you know, I think. Thank you. It's very kind of you. I I think. I mean, I think there's a number of reasons why. Part of it is like a a, a desperate need for people to like me, but not, I think another part of it is just like I I I feel like having a job in in, uh, in high school at Wegmans as a cashier. Mm. I, yeah, I was bringing up groceries, but they were so big on like customer service that I just like learned how to have small talk with anyone because like that was what you did, and you had to like be friendly, and you had to make it you know. And then you know you want to make it real, like you don't want to be fake with people. But um, you didn't. But you, you know what? I do hate. I hate when the cashier like comments on what I'm buying. Like I can't stand that. Oh yeah, no, no, no. That's a no, no. People don't need to have unless, unless they say something, and then it, sometimes they would ask me, "Oh, have you ever tried this?" And then we might get into a conversation. Right, right. But no, I mean, and it's like, like KY loop. Yeah. Well, it's the thing. Like as as a cashier, I am I am touching their baby wipes. I am mm-hmm. I am you know so much toilet paper. You know so much of in so much you know vagicils and, and preparation it. H's. I'm. I'm, my my grubby little fingers aren't all of them, and so like I respect the intimacy of the relationship, oh. and I don't pry. <laughs> Good, but uh, yeah, and I don't know. There's something about small talk. I think for me, I engage in small talk out of necessity only because the silence feels rude. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I so I just keep it going, and I will sometimes sound like a fucking idiot because the other person isn't giving me anything. So I'm just oh, going to yeah. keep going. And it's just like, you know what? If you're not giving me anything, I'm just going to keep going. And sorry about it if I, you know, sound stupid or like say something like, oh, my God, I love this song, you know, and it's the Beach Boys. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just out of necessity because you aren't playing by the rules. Yeah, totally. And I I think that the the solution cuz what happens in that situation is you are just you're you're just giving and giving and giving and just like not getting any volleys back and it gets exhausting. And I remember talking to someone like years ago and be like, "Oh god, just like you know, about the small talk and whatnot, like, you know, going to work events and whatnot." And she was like she said, I found you just ask people questions. Just get into the headspace of you asking people questions. Mm. It takes the focus off of you. It takes the anxiety off of you. It gives you kind of a, not a place of power, but a, a place of control, I guess, um, of a situation, you know, and of a situation you're not comfortable in is like, and I feel like that helps alleviate that is by asking people questions and engaging them. Cause I try to think like, Okay, I could talk to a brick wall. I could talk all day. I have three podcasts. I can talk all day. Some people aren't like that. So I have to, like, help them, you know? Yeah, and, you know, I understand there's a time and a place, right? Like, if I'm in an elevator, sure, a simple hello. Or if I'm, you know, on an airplane, like, I understand when not to engage in small talk or when to read somebody's signals. But Mm -hmm. the one example I can think of, where somebody forced me to engage in small talk. I was on the subway. It was like 12 at night, uh, riding the A home. And it was me, this drunk girl next to me. And then across from me was one other girl and then another girl. And 
basically all of us were on our phones. And then one of the girls across from me, like, pokes her head up and she's like, hey, hey, we should all be talking right now. We should be talking. This is New York City. We should be talking. And, like, I was, I, I kept my phone out for as long as I could. But she just pushed and pushed and kept engaging and talking. And I'm like, I don't know how to be rude and say no, you know? So I was like, ugh, fine. I'm, I'm from New Jersey, right? Like, it, it just, and then it, it just goes. And so I did feel kind of like I was held hostage a little bit. Granted, I could have gotten up and left. But, like, I'm such a monster that I don't want to have a personal connection with somebody. But, you know, my excuse to right. her is, like, why am I not talking on the subway? Well, I was talking all day. I just had a three-hour rehearsal. I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Yeah, I just want to turn off. Uh, I hear that. I also will say, um, enjoy the West Coast, Mary. <laughs> oh, good. there's a different mentality. I, I'm, I will be in a different mentality for sure. Uh, but yes, I understand. Yes, enjoy the West Coast. I know. People... You will never have the privilege of a lift ride to yourself because they all want to know how your day is going. And it's lovely. It's lovely. It's just when you live in New York, you have that privilege because you don't have a car. You don't have any fucking personal space that at least you get in the lift and the driver doesn't talk to you and you can just like f- sort of be alone. But in Sacramento, it's like, so uh, we're heading to tonight. Oh, yeah? Oh, oh yeah. And, and then it goes on. And it's so nice, but I just don't want to talk, you there, know? There is an option on Uber, I think, where you can say, like, doesn't like small talk. Like, where you oh. can, yeah, you can, like, describe, like, your favorite radio station or, you know, what kind of passenger you are. Uh, wow. Yeah, so there's that. I will say I rode the Max a lot this past weekend when I was in Portland, and nobody was talking on the Max. There was no forced conversation. So... I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really appreciated the interaction I had, like, in coffee shops or when I was, you know, buying something or whatever. Um, but otherwise, I don't know. It, it didn't seem as over the top. Maybe I just gave off, like, mad NYC vibes of, like, please don't fuck with me, you know? Yeah, who knows? And, I mean, I don't know what Portland's like compared to Sacramento, but I can uh, the sack. certainly att- the sack, but... It's like an hour flight, so it can't be that different. Yeah. No, it's it's not. I don't think it is. But there are more and more people in Portland from L.A., so I wonder if that culture is also kind of oh, infiltrating. Yeah, and no, that's true because Sacramento does not – is a lot of people from Sacramento and from that area. Mm. So, yeah, that's true. Other cities, it's like, well, you know, what is really the culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, small talk aside, uh, yeah. I, just, I just have to say – I've, I, it's not that I forgot, but I'm reminded by Kasha Davis being back, how attractive Kasha Davis is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was thinking about that, too. I was like, yeah, Kasha, look at you, you little, little minx. Um, I mean, Kasha's, like, Kasha just gives me such big ant energy that, like, it, it kills the boner. But, like, I, that's, like, it's an emotional boner for me. It's like, ugh. Like, someone who gives off big ant energy is just, it's just the, like, you know, Adam Russo from my heart, you know? Oh, Adam Russo. Ugh. ugh. Well, you know, it's Kasha's eyes plus the bald head plus, you know, the late 30s vibe that I'm just like, mm, okay, thick. I love it. Thick. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, Kasha's got a good thick. Got a, you know, it's a, yeah. Yeah, she's a good thick. Uh, good thick. Yeah. And another just another observation from these walkthroughs, 
is RuPaul and Pearl interacting. Pearl being this like bright eyed and bushied contestant with Rue after that awful interaction a few episodes ago. It's like, wow, wow. It's just so it it's weird to watch knowing kind of the, the backstory that's underneath with Pearl. It's a little bit old news now, but did you, did you see like Michelle Visage like giving her side of that story? No, and saying like so. And I I may misquote this a little bit, but um, I guess she was saying that like what Rue was meaning was like, it, like we're trying to make a show here. We're trying to like capture all these real moments. Like we're trying to like tell your story, and we're trying to like make sure that we don't miss any of that. We're making a show here, and. All of our interactions are the script, is the content, essentially. So if something happens organically and we don't have it on camera, it can't be part of the show. So we want to save everything from when the cameras are on so we don't fucking miss anything. And listen, this could be damage control, but I don't think – I think that there are many sides of the story. And I think that is looking at it purely from the, from the standpoint of like making a TV show. And I don't think Pearl was trying to have a TV moment. She was trying to have a human moment of like, Hey, I think you're great. So there's kind of a conflation here. I don't think Michelle is wrong. I don't know if it's the answer to the situation, but I don't think she's wrong in general. Oh, I mean, I don't think that RuPaul's side of the story needed any explanation i totally got that rupaul showed up to work and you have this drag queen this fabulous drag queen being like oh my god i love you and rupaul being like look wait for the cameras you're gonna want the cameras to be on because she has that producer hat on now obviously pearl's valid side of the story is i was trying to have a human moment and rupaul just wasn't in that headspace so yes there are two sides but yeah michelle just hearing what you just said like yeah that makes sense to me that that's what i thought it was yeah i think obviously for a lot of people it was just like rupaul the you know the mean head mistress of Mm -hmm. of drag race university but (laughs) you know it's also like i i think i think that just is also really showing that this is all just a tv show this is all just a business that's right and all of those heartfelt moments are great and are, can be really meaningful especially you know if they're telling certain stories that folks watching really need to hear or really identify with that's great but it is highly produced to create those moments you know like i think it's just like that reminder of like all of this is produced in some way you know oh every, every even if it's shot. just like yeah even if it's just like showing an, uh, an organic moment in the right light you know that's right or putting it in the narrative in a way where it has the most impact. It's still yeah. production. Yeah. And that, that whole moment with Plastique, I mean, talk about a produced moment, right? Like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And, you know, RuPaul knows and the producers know that you got to capture those and you got to create those and the light has got to be right. And all the people in the background need to be out of the shot. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think of even all the way back to season two, when they reshot Tyra Sanchez singing and decorating her dress. Yeah. Yeah. They need like, it's like, we need to tell the story. We need to produce the story because that's part of it. It's not just what, you know, a competition. Yeah. So many people are quick to jump, uh, which is also, mm. a, a, you know, a new thing with the fandom, but yeah. Anyway, uh, we get some social justice corner. Um, I I will say I forgot how how important Trixie's story was. Was this the 
Was this the moment that Trixie shared this story? Or did it happen earlier? I feel like we do hear about some things earlier. Um, maybe even her episode when she goes home. I feel like we learn more about her. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't remember all the details. Because I, yeah, I mean, this is, I think, where she talks about, yeah, like taking, you know, the the derogatory term of a Trixie and turning it into something, you know, that is now obviously on like makeup palettes. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just, it's insane. I mean, that is such an interesting story that like it started for him as like this insult from his stepfather. And now it's like, it's like a brand name. It's just, I mean, that's just, I mean, that's, that's take your broken heart and turn it into art, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, we learned the police took him out of the home at 16 and, uh, yeah, Trixie says it. If I hadn't gone through all this shit, Trixie Mattel might not exist, right? And you think about that as there these stories that are told on this show, and not to say that Trixie's is quote unquote like anybody else's, but it's just one of those stories that is so important that yes, out of the wreckage you can emerge, right? Uh, and I again, even as season seven, it continues this tradition of how important this show is for a platform for queer people to see all over the country, all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, that's, you want to talk about like the evolution of, we were talking about the evolution of untucked, but you know, the evolution of drag race, you know, I I feel like what was it that early episode we did of like from design to performance. Mm. And I, I think the updated version of that conversation is from competition to platform. Right. Right, especially with all stars, especially yeah. All stars. Well, then that becomes just like a purely emblematic example of how it's a platform. Yep, because it's 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 as if there's no winner. Right, right. Oh, it's just how you are on the show and what you take from it. Brown cow stunning, mm-hmm. you know, Gia's platform. You have uh, Pheromone. All of these queens that are trying to make something. I mean, every queen that leaves now has a single. Uh, it, it, it's, yeah. some, it's, it's something that happens. Uh, now it's like makeup lines. Um, you yeah. Know, uh, yeah. The expansion of the economy of drag. It's like, if you, <clears throat> you become a drag race queen, it's like, okay, yeah, you can have a makeup line, you know, like, yeah, people will trust a drag queen for, you know, endorsing makeup. Right. And I mean, if you're lucky, like an Alyssa Edwards or a Trixie Mattel, you're going to get a documentary, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, Nina West and uh, uh, Eureka and Monet and Bob the Drag Queen, like, you know, talk shows and comedy specials. Like, that's that's the, the next level, right? Um, yeah. There was that, um, I guess it was an ad for the new Charlie's Angels movie with, what was it, Nina and... Oh, um, right. I'm yes. blanking on the other two, but Nina was so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> so funny. Like, And it was great. You know, like, sometimes that stuff can be so clunky, and it was so funny. I it was, And I felt like this is, like, this is so cool. Like, we have to take a meta moment of, like... These drag queens are not, and they're made. They're beautiful. They're not made fools of. The joke is not that they have dicks under the dresses. It's none of that. Right. It, that never shows up. It's just you know they're they're just these you know funny characters. So um, you know, I'm curious. The, I'm curious about the crossover. Sorry, did I interrupt you? Go, go no, no, no. Just like yeah, the, the you know, I guess just the capper of that is like we can just see drag queens as entertainers. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm going because it's interesting. There are plenty of people, straight and gay, that do not watch RuPaul's Drag Race. But Mm -hmm. there have to be some queens that somehow make it into their cosmos. 
And I wonder if you asked, you know, the common person on the street, like, hey, name a drag queen. If after RuPaul, it would be somebody from RuPaul's Drag Race. And who would it be? Yeah, very likely. I feel like Alyssa Edwards, I think um, I could see her name coming up. I feel like, um, you know, honestly, sitting here, it's like beyond people who are big fans of Drag Race, I feel like that's the name. That or Trixie Mattel mm. are the names that will emerge that will really fully go beyond the franchise of Drag Race. Alyssa and Trixie don't have to do anything Drag Race adjacent at this point. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's interesting because I think about Monet Exchange and she's starting to break out. And mm -hmm. I, I still think that there's that connection that's still really important for her. Uh, it Yeah, you there, I, you can tell like a queen like Katya where there's like, if just you've broken out of that, you mm. are purely doing your own thing. Whereas, you know, Monet is still, I think, you know, in some ways, obviously still very fresh uh, off of all of that. Where I think it takes a few years of... If, of like other queens kind of replacing your relevance for you to then emerge from that, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I think of like Chad Michaels doing share all over, right. She's just known as the share impersonator. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And that's separate from drag race. I mean, you don't necessarily have to know that she was on drag race. Uh, to yeah. Know that, but I don't know if you'd know it was Chad Michaels. You'd be like, Oh, that's that share impersonator. Yeah. But certainly like what Chad did, started long before Drag Race, continued right. after, and, like, what happened on Drag Race didn't really touch it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it didn't, didn't uh, kind of taint it or uplift it in any way. Right. I mean, if anything, she probably just got, you know, higher booking fees and larger crowds, mm. but I, it wasn't like... Uh, she was just as great a share impersonator before as she was after. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Trixie Mattel, uh, season seven, right? It's crazy to watch her. Katya, like, it, it's yeah. she looks it just now. I mean, young in so many ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like, just like, oh my god, what a baby you were yeah, compared to <laughs> what you are now. It's really, it's incredible. Like, I mean, in five years, yeah. like, it's just incredible. Like, what has happened to the idea of Trixie Mattel? Ugh, unreal. Yeah, major props to her. She did it all herself. She didn't win, you know? No, no. She went was sent home twice in one season. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, she didn't win any challenges. Uh, yeah, and yet she still emerged, and I just kind of feel like that's just full proof that, like, this is just a platform. Doesn't right. matter. Right. Like, one of the, the most – some of the most successful queens from the show didn't win. Yeah, Shangela. I think Shangela is another mm. person on the list we're kind of Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yes. Shangela, um, Alyssa, uh, um, who we were just talking about. Trixie. Uh, Trixie, yeah. Uh, Katya, like, they, yeah, they uh, did not need to win to win. Right, yeah. And I, I would say the same about Nina. I think Nina will be one of those queens eventually. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm I'm keen to see what Nina Real, like does next on like a larger platform yeah um would you count jasmine masters i th yes i think jasmine i think it's a it's a slightly different narrative but i feel like jasmine has always just done her own thing mm. you know and it's like if it managed to intersect with the with the standards of drag race great if not no big deal you know like i don't think that she came into this 
planning to like, okay, what do I have to do to be a drag race girl? I think it was just like, well, I'm Jasmine <laughs> Masters. I'm going to do this gig. Let's see how I say. do. Yeah, exactly. I got something to say. And like, if this works for you guys, great. But I'm not going to like, she's not going to pull a raven and adjust her drag to fit mm, the competition, you know? Raven. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting about Jasmine is I feel like straight people will miss Jasmine. But if you are a gay person that watches, that doesn't watch drag race, you still know who Jasmine Masters is because of the memes. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and Endai Oop really yeah. crossed party lines. That that she got, I think she got real mainstream appeal with Endai Oop. Yeah, and the the car when she's in the car and the woman's yep. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah, no, Jasmine. I and what's crazy is the way that she found you know such widespread fame was like filming on her phone in her apartment stoned mm-hmm. and like it's just it's bananas you do not need to have this highly produced thing that nobody's gonna see you know right right oh god jasmine yeah. i love jasmine <laughs> yeah yeah it's i was like I, I for some reason forgot i don't know why that we would get more jasmine this week mm, we didn't uh, we didn't get no any at all um so the runway uh do you want to talk about the run 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 runway Yes, let's talk about the runway. Uh, What a crowded runway. We have two guests, uh, Leanne Rimes, who I feel like was very inconsequential. I mean, Leanne Rimes and Nelson Ellis, rest in peace. um, I feel like I'd read somewhere or some critique that like these were some of like the worst guest judges they'd had. Yeah, I I, I don't know what I mean, Nelson Ellis, I I was a true I watched True Blood for like the first two or three seasons. And then they're like, oh, she's a fairy. And I was like, fuck this. So I turned it off. But um, sorry, spoilers. Um, But I I was super underwhelmed. He was he was like super smart and super talented and just, I guess, was tortured by so many other problems, which is why I don't think. His career really took off while he died. But, uh, yeah, I was totally underwhelmed by him as well. These guests, it was as if they weren't even there. Yeah, it was. I mean, when Leanne Rhyme says, like, I don't know what I, what I got myself into, it was like, yeah, I think that is there is some truth to that statement. Yeah, can't I like mean, the moonlight there, you know? No, no. <laughs> I'm serious, moonlight. Uh, yeah. Careful. Uh, I'll say it. Now say it. <laughs> I I'll hate say it. you. I hate you. Yeah. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> oh, God. Our Marys don't even know what's no. going on right now. Um, there yes. is. <laughs> what's yeah, it? I'll just so they know. There's a movie called Serious Moonlight, and we both hate it. And we both hate it because there's a way that you would say that title that is so god-awful. And I know it, and Johnny knows it. And it's this standoff of when, when, it's, gonna, when it's gonna be said. It's, I imagine, because I've never seen the goddamn movie. Me neither, me I, neither. I just imagine somebody saying it in the movie. And that's what I like. It's Meg Ryan saying it. I just like die thinking Oh, like looking out the window and yes. like looking up and like, oh. Yeah. Oh, it drives me nuts. <laughs> I can't. Oh. I can hear it. Oh. I can. Anyway, Leanne Rhymes songs. What do we What do we know? We know Can't Fight the Moonlight. We know um, How Go I how Go do, On, right? Yes. How do I live? How do I? Yeah. How do I go? Yeah. How do I live? Yeah. yeah. You know that um, those, those are lyrics that uh, I always sing wrong because it's the lyric is How do I go on? But I always sing How Go I Go On. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's just a, a light, a light stroke, you know. <laughs> 
Um, Laura Young rhyme. <laughs> a light stroke. Uh, a light stroke. I love that. Um, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I didn't, when you said that just now, light stroke, I was picturing a paintbrush. And then I was mm. like, oh, he's he's talking about like, you know, my mouth. Your stroke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not to be confused for Mrs. Doubtfire, a couple of light slams. slams. Uh, I always remember that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there, they, these were some, this was some, some interesting choices for judges. Uh, I feel like at one point, uh, Nelson Ellis had said about Violet and Max, he said, oh, it looks like they could be in the play Chicago. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet it does. <laughs> Like, I think what we want is more of a, like, a, is that Roxy and Velma up there? A um, little more show, a little less tell, eh, Al? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, the best line from this runway was when Tempest said, I feel like a pioneer woman who's being pulled by an ox cart. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. I mean, Tempest, I mean, down to, like, the, the last moment after work that puss when Tempest just goes, like, that little, like, I don't know. I don't know. Look. She, I mean, like, ninja BSA, you know? <laughs> totally. Totally. Unexpected. But, yeah, she, yeah. she did it. She did it. All, yeah. all standing behind Lara Flynn Boyle. Just... <laughs> she, was, she was kind of like, it was as if there was some kind of, like, um, field day at school where you invited your parents and they participated in one of the events. And so, like, Tempest is, like, the patient mom. And she knows Jaden's not going to win. <laughs> she knows they're not going to win the potato sack race. Mm. She knows that. They, they look like they're in a potato sack. And so she's like, okay, well, we're going to do this. And so now they're, like, hopping down the field many paces behind everyone else. Right. She's like, yeah, I feel like I'm being, like, a pioneer woman being pulled by an ox cart over here. <laughs> It's, it's great. I mean that that image. I could I could go on with that narrative all day of the uh, of the mo- of the mommy daughter potato sack race. Yeah. Uh, oh, to- that's a great image. That's a great T-shirt. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the mom. Oh man. The mommy. Do you say mommy daddy potato sack race? Mommy mommy daughter. Mommy but daughter, I guess. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mommy daughter. I just want to be moms and their daughters. Uh, yeah, and the daughter is. Trying the best she can. You know? She is, yeah. And and mom just has to be like patient and calm because otherwise he's, Laura Flynn Boyle is gonna you know blow a gasket. <laughs> 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 she has to go sit in the car. Yeah. Cap, do you if if you make a scene, we have to no, we have to go, we have to finish, Jaden. We have to finish. Come on, come on. Come on. Yeah, and she'll be like, but RuPaul said my first, middle, and last name is Fierce, Fierce, Fierce. Yeah. I know, but we still have to finish the race, Jaden. <laughs> Jaden Marie. Jaden Marie. Jaden Marie Lara Flynn Boyle. Jaden Marie Lara Flynn Boyle, Fierce. Fierce, 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 she said my name was. <laughs> Get in this potato sack. <laughs> Tempest starts hopping away without her. Mom, wait. Mom, wait. Mom, wait. Somebody catches it on video. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the race is over and they're just fighting on the field. Tripping all in that sack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. People start clapping. <laughs> come on, come on, Jaden, cheer for her. Come on, Jaden. Oh, is, is somebody still left? La- oh, it's Jaden and oh, her mom. Oh, it's Jaden and her mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Father's not here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know what happened them. with that. It's, been, it's just Jay. It's just Jaden and her mom. It's been just them for the past three years. So yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> oh God. Uh, anyway, so some other looks. Um, I, I I think we should comment because it was very nuanced. Pearl and Trixie. It is like I get. I mean, and beyond the obviousness of just bringing Trixie back. I, I do get why they won. It's not my favorite one. It's very close, but it's not my number one. My number one is very obvious. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, um, but I get it. They, I think if you compare it to the rest of the group, they were, yeah, they were really strong. Yeah. Like, like, like I, I wouldn't look at Max and Violet and be like, oh, man, they were real contenders because it just didn't have the same, like, uh, energy, the same like thing on the runway, you know. The same story. I think. Uh, I think it was Michelle that brought it up. Uh, that like there was kind of this expectation that you'd come out here and make us laugh because the the challenge itself wasn't very serious. It's kind of like, yeah, we're making you do something really ridiculous. So mm-hmm. lean into that. And I feel like the story that that Pearl created because it was Pearl's idea was mm-hmm. very smart. And then Trixie just ran just was like okay i got this and i don't know if you've ever seen a goofy movie have you seen that movie no oh mary that movie's so good so mary's out there that have seen that movie i feel like trixie was playing roxanne's friend the one with the like side horizontal lisp and the braces like that's all i got and i just thought it was great the character was great and it was also I I was asking for this I think for a while but like we got Trixie out of Trixie's makeup. That is true. We did get to see Trixie out of the look. I I there was yeah, I was like man there's something about this that's different, but that's exactly what it was. Uh and it was I mean it, it's kind of ironic, right? That like the one time that Trixie won something it's when she was mm. out of the Trixie makeup. Well, she won All-Stars, Mary. I I mean, in season seven. <laughs> Sorry, I'm splitting hairs. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. so torn on who should have won this episode. Because obviously, yes, Trixie needed to come back. But we should just talk about it. Katya and Kasha, there were oh my so God. many details to this runway. Just so good. Just so funny. They both just like totally went for it. I love these women, these characters. Obviously, it's like everything I love is just like these these haggard old Atlantic City, you know, slot machine mm. matrons. Um, it was it was so good. It was just so good. And I honestly, it I understand bringing Trixie back. Sure, I feel like you know the John Waters challenge. I would have loved to see what Kasha Davis did. Oh, totally. In that challenge, absolutely. You know, it's like that's like because Kasha Davis, she gets the joke, she gets the references, and like she proved it in like the Shakespeare challenge. She's like mm-hmm. one of the only ones who isn't you know painful to watch. You know, the Gl- Glamazon Airways, she basically wins that challenge. Steals it. Yeah. Like she's so funny and so. I don't know. I think it was uh, my own preference of Drag Race and what I the Drag Race I want is you know getting a chance to see someone like Kasha Davis do another comedy challenge. Totally. In a magenta wig. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It, it just, I think it would have been, uh, and who knows, like if that was the mix they had, like say they didn't have Trixie, like I could have seen, um, I could have seen her even doing the same role that Katya did, you know, like doing the mother role. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, completely. Yeah, who um, knows? Or saving the third, the poot song, you know? Right. S- saving that challenge for sure. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I wrote down in my notes for Untucked, like, my type of drag is Katya saying, hey, Gloria, and going over and straddling Kasha. And, yeah. And saying, yeah. we sold that house today. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, uh-huh. that's when it, that, both of them, it's like, give them the crown. Just give it to them. Yeah. And, and, and of course, like the element of that that I love is like these are a couple of adults, you know, Katya's yeah. in her 30s, Kasha's in her 40s. They, mm. Again, they get the jokes, they get the references and like I, and I get and part of that is like, of course, I'm going to identify with that more and like that more and connect with that more. These two like, you know, drag queens from the East Coast in their 30s and 40s, you know, who do right. old lady drag and ugly right. drag. Like, yeah, of course, I'm going to love that, you know, and looking at the paradigm from this as a makeover challenge i know that often rupaul will pick the winner as you looked exactly alike right and so if we're looking at it from that criteria i feel like you know a violet and max or even a kennedy and jasmine would have been right at the top but this because it was so absurd with the conjoining of different body parts you had to lean in to the comedy. And so when it came to Violet and Max and Kennedy and Jasmine and even, you know, Fame and Miss Ho, I, uh, Fame and Miss Ho, Candy Fame and Miss Ho. Um, yeah, you the don't, Ho and Candy Fame, yeah. <laughs> the Ho and, yeah. Um, you, can't, you can't deny that, like, okay, the, obviously the top two were Pearl and Katya. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I think, you know, the reality TV side of the show. It's like, of course you bring, you know, Trixie back, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which of course then brings us to, I mean, the runway otherwise, I don't have any other like really mm-hmm. strong thoughts, no. you know? Um, but then of course the lip sync, uh, which I, I mean, Ginger, I, we haven't talked about Ginger and then that look, which sure. obviously was a bit of a mess, but, I feel like, to your point, like Ginger and Sasha, I'm going to give her credit too. They they mugged the shit out of that runway. Like they like performed it and owned the absurdity of it as much as they could. Mm. And I, I like I would prefer that and a look be kind of weak versus Max and Violet, which like yeah the, they looked great, but I wasn't interested. Or Jaden and Kennedy even where I was like, yeah, you guys look great, but like okay you know Mm. you spun around in a circle together you know um agreed i mean yeah they're how they sold the look was certainly not as interesting as how the others sold the look but mm -hmm. i don't know the amount of detail in violet and max's look was it, it was right on brand for violet so it was just expected and same with kennedy like jasmine looked great it was it was well, sure. it was a little yeah. expected, but I, for me, when Ginger came down with Sasha, obviously it looked so stupid. For it looked too absurd, you know. Yeah, I think that like there was a way they could have done it where it was still absurd and still stupid, and it, but it looked intentional, you know, mm-hmm. like. You know, I think I think she'd even said like she was kind of going for like a John Waters approach, right. and I think it just if you're gonna. If you're going to do good, bad drag, you have to do it really well. Yeah, right. It had to be more specific, I think, with that look. Yeah. Um, but the lip sync was obvious win for me. It was obviously Ginger. Um, mm-hmm. There was also no way Ginger was losing. 
No, I mean, at this point, Jaden was lip syncing th- three times. This is the first time Ginger's in the bottom. And Ginger, I mean, it's a it's a wackadoo lip sync. It really, even even the scene when she, in, in Untucked, when she and Sasha go out for the cigarette, like, <laughs> the absurdity yeah. of it all is just so great. It's yeah. just such great entertainment um, that I think that's part of it. Like, in some ways, the reality TV side of this, of, like, Ginger is in a is conjoined to the nipples with Sasha and she's got to do a lip sync like that wins it for her just like the the sheer ridiculousness of it all you know well and considering RuPaul giving advice to Miss Fame of like you have to pay attention the song was I think we're alone now they're basically Mm. giving you all the maps to say break yourself free from your conjoined twin during this lip sync yeah right oh that's a good point is like you uh yeah yeah that's exactly what it was and i mean Jaden could have easily broken free from tempest totally and because they show it untucked yeah all she had to do like she could have tempest could have given birth to her you know what i mean what a throwback to amber alert from the first episode (laughs) you know mama's home (laughs) yeah and and that I mean, sure, Jaden would have still gone home, but it would have felt way less like the mommy daughter dance mm-hmm. after the potato sack race. Yeah. Oh God, it was so weak. It was. It was. They just. They didn't know what to do. The, they didn't know how to no. block themselves out of it. I don't even think that they had any ideas going into the lip sync. You know what I mean? Well, I think at that point, when you watch Untucked and you kind of see Jaden just sitting there, I think she was like, "Okay, I'm going home. Like, mm. it, uh, whoever I'm up against, I'm definitely the bottom, and whoever I'm up against, I'm going home." Right. So, like, right? She got the what, receipt under the door. Totally. Yeah. She's like, "I know, I know what's up." So, uh, I think she's just resting her little toesies until she's got to go out there and <laughs> hoof it one more time. You know. <laughs> She had a very nice goodbye uh, when she's like, I just want people to accept me and love me for who I am. I'm just like, that's mm. beautiful. Like, I'm glad that she was on the show. She was very charming. You know, a breakout moment I think you talk about a lot is when she did the lip sync to Call Me Mother. Was that the song? Oh, yes. Oh, oh, it was so good. At the it was like the season nine uh, finale. She's like the opening act or something. Right, right. She was great at that. I mean, Jaden to me reads as someone where it's like, who doesn't like Jaden? Like what a, what a lovely human being. Yeah. Uh, what a sweetheart. And I think that that like, this was also one of the first years where like Miss Congeniality, I mean, season six as well, but Miss Congeniality started turning into fan favorite. And what well, Katya is of course, like best supporting actress, pizza queen. The, I think the real Miss Congeniality really, is Jaden really and I feel like they even talk about that or I've heard people talk about that like Jaden is such a miscongeniality. Katya is obviously everyone loves her but she got miscongeniality because she was fan favorite oh I see well I mean yeah my first instinct would be that it's Kennedy but I feel like Kennedy made too many <gasps> enemies what she made too Kennedy many enemies is such a shady read like she may actually deep down kind of like Bianca helping queens get ready right there's a there's a deep like true congeniality there but in the in the in the way that it works in this you know paradigm of, of being a sweetheart and everybody mm. you know like that that is the last thing I think anybody was describing right. Kennedy as right oh agreed I but I I guess I mean to say like I think that's what she was trying to do you know what I mean like that's I, yeah oh I mean especially I mean this untucked you really see what Kennedy's congeniality is and it's real like yeah, I think that she being real. 
Yeah, and I I really like this. This is an untucked I'd like watch again because it was just like wow. There's mm. especially when she was talking about that of like saying like I, you know I'm not trying to fuck anybody over. I'm just trying to play fair. That's that feels right to me. I was like I, this is I love this. I love this conversation more than I love the like all stars like competitive bullshit. You know? Sure. Yeah. The the first conversation that they started with untucked was this idea. I think Kennedy was kind of you know, venting about how she's like, why do I have to be funny on the runway? That's not my mm. type of drag. That's not my type of drag. I just loved Pearl and Trixie, like having an absolute scream in the back uh, while fame oh, and yeah. Kennedy are complaining. Uh, I just thought that was a cute little moment. But this to me seemed a little like Raven versus Tatiana in the sense that, yeah, of course, like it can seem limiting, right? That they want to make you do comedy. But I just feel like Kennedy was excusing herself because she is funny. She is very funny everywhere else. So it's like, why can't, why can't you just change it up? And to me, what she is held back by is pageant drag being so precious and something so untouchable in so many Queens minds. And I'm like, that's what RuPaul's show is like fighting for. Well, and I think there's this thing with Kennedy where she's like, yeah, like there's these things where I got to be funny and I got to just like go for it because like that's what the challenge like, you know, asks me to do. But it's like, what do you want me to also not look polished? Are you kidding me? Like, why would I not want to look? Why would I not want my makeup to be right? Why would I want to wear an ugly dress when I have a look that's amazing? Mm. And I think it's a really interesting because I think what that says is like pageant queens, quote unquote, big, big quote unquote, can be funny. You know, yeah. that is not beyond their skills to right. be funny. And I think what she's saying is there's this conflation between being a comedy queen and being like uh, a UK queen, basically, like a a bag of chips. Mm. I should be more specific because we saw a lot of polished UK queens on Drag Race UK, the Vivian, etc. So I take that back. But like a bag of chips where I think that that's what she's saying is like, what do I have to be like that? You know, and no, (laughs) no. And no, the answer is no. There's so many funny Trinity, queens. You could be a Trinity yeah. Taylor girl. Yeah. Exactly. Trinity Taylor, who could be so fucking funny, but was always polished. Right. Girl, I'm Trinity Taylor. Girl, I'm Trinity Taylor. <laughs> She's worse. She's worse. Oh, I love She's worse. Oh. I love Trinity. I, you know, I have you listened to her podcast at all? No, I didn't know she had a podcast. Yeah. Oh, who was telling me about this? Um, oh, when I did an episode of In the Details with Johnny from That Spooky, he was talking about the episode with uh, that Trinity did with Roxy. And he's saying like, oh, Roxy is like... I don't remember what it reminded me of. There was someone I was talking about. I guess it was Brooklyn Heights on Whimsically Volatile where I was like, I love that I'm I'm not listening to the, the blonde bombshell drag queen Brooklyn Heights. I'm listening to like the very real human being underneath the drag. Mm. And I feel like, and he was saying like, oh, it's very similar on, on Trinity's podcast with Roxy. You get, you get the human being underneath the makeup. Oh, I see. Yeah, Which I I'm that. like, yeah, I'm really like, I'm keen to listen, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have to look that up. I did not realize that she had a podcast. Yeah, I want to hear what she's got to say. I do like Trinity Taylor a lot. I like Trixie. Um, I like I Trinity. I like Trixie, yeah. Um, I do have to say there's a moment in Untucked where, uh, you know, Tempest is trying to chime in for God knows why. And Kennedy's like, Tempest was the first to leave. So 
Why are you talking? And I was Why like, are you talking? Tyra Sanchez is back. <laughs> Why are you talking? Why are you talking? That's a that's a dish rag. Not even a tote bag. It's a dish rag. Why are you talking? Yeah, why are you talking? Uh, why are you talking? I, I, I love that. Um, at the same time, though, Tempest was trying to help. Um, so it was just yeah. it was interesting that Kennedy was like, fuck off, Tempest. <laughs> well, I know, because Tempest was like, so was there like, was there some kind of strategy or was it just like, were you picking it based on like who you liked? And she's like, no. And I, I think that defensiveness, it was like, she was like, it was basically like, not for one second do I want this to get twisted that I chose any of these choices based on anything other than what it should be. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Like, well, she's that so... Was, yes, that was the second conversation. I think she was trying to interject herself with the comedy versus pageant drag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what she had said. Yeah, I don't remember either. It was, you know, helpful. Uh, yeah. It was what I remember. But yeah, no. And then, but no, then Tempest started complaining about getting picked for Jaden. And I'm like, shut up, Tempest. Like, this is. Yeah. Th- no, Kennedy's right. <laughs> and like, Tempest, you and I both know they're not going to bring back the queen who went home first. <laughs> not this late in the season, you know? Really? <laughs> really? I think you're getting a little too old to dream about that one, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's not that Tempest Drag is, you know, any better or worse, but it's like, you know, yeah, you it's not about first. Tempest. Yeah. It's just about who goes home first. We, Tempest is great. It's just um, it's just the mere fact that like, yeah, I don't think it's like, I mean, I guess it's like I take that back. Right. All Stars 4 or All Stars 3. You know, Ben brought back, you know, Morgan McMichaels at the very end. Mm. Yeah. And it was weird. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. It shouldn't have happened. It should have been Aja. Yeah. Oh, mm. Aja, who I saw on Twitter, she's just basically not doing the like Aja that we are familiar with as a drag queen on Drag Race. Like, she, I think they, I'm just going to assume they, uh, or just going to choose they uh, for the sake of conversation, uh, have moved on from the yeah. character of Aja. Yeah, they're not doing drag uh, in a similar way of, uh, oh, oh, what's her face with the nose? Um on season six, the cow look. Oh, fuck. Oh, Magnolia Crawford. Yes, Magnolia Crawford, right. Magnolia. Oh, <laughs> Magnolia. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, you know, in the, in the great, like, if Drag Race goes on for their 10 seasons, like, the the character, the minor character of Magnolia Crawford only gets more interesting to me, you know? Oh, agreed. And what's in she... the In the great canon of, of Queens, you know? And she was only on half the episode if you will right like she she went home first for that half right yeah yeah she only competed with half the queens on season six right who is the other one? Oh, oh kelly mantle <gasps> kelly mantle oh kelly mantle who oh my god do you watch any of tammy brown's shorts on instagram I wish I I they've been in my bookmark oh my god kelly mantle is phenomenal in them <laughs> i'm not surprised i i I can't wait. Oh, Tammy Brown continues to kill it. That's all I have to say. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, any other thoughts on um, the conjoined twins episode of season seven? No, no. It's just it's it's nice to be back doing season seven. Hopefully we can finish the season before All Stars 5 starts. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I mean, this was it was fun. Uh, uh, you know, it was fun. <laughs> This has been really so fun. Really fun. Yeah. yeah. Fine. 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 It was fine. 
Well, Marys, if you have any thoughts on this episode, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary, or you can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com or www.TasteOfReality.com backslash AllRight-Mary. Um, or you can email us at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com. If you want, you can find me on Instagram at JohnnyAlso or Twitter at JohnnyAlso1. And you can hear more of me on my podcast in the details, a celebration of nuance or best supporting podcast, a celebration of best supporting actresses with Nick Kachanov. You can hear more or you can find more of me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Uh, You can get more of both of us on Patreon, including a bonus episode every single week. Patreon.com backslash all right, Mary. And just one more thing before we wrap up. I don't want to miss this. I just want to say an incredibly huge special uh, thank you uh, to Sister Mary Evelyn, uh, who sent us a a gift box of goodies from the UK in honor of Drag Race UK. It's just, oh my God. I, yeah, yeah. Like flabbergasted by, first of all, how much stuff was in there. I got to say, the Jaffa cakes with that orange tinge. I, mm-hmm. We I don't know. Can we find them here? Have you seen those? Yeah, I mean we could track. We can. I mean, yeah, we can track things. And I've I've seen fingers here, but oh, like the there's something very there's something special about it, like it coming straight oh, over yeah. from a yeah. from a UK Mary. Yeah. Um. Any anything Cadbury is always better chocolate than Hershey's. Uh, mm. Always, and I love the tea cakes. Uh, I you know. I've never had one of those things. Um, I don't know what they're called here, but they're basically like marshmallows covered in chocolate. Like that's kind of Malamars. Malamars. That's what they are. Yeah. But these were so good. And yeah, I uh, huge thanks. I felt very welcomed and celebrated and kind of part of the team for Drag Race UK in that sense. It was, it was very, very kind gesture. Yeah. Thank you. It was very, very sweet. Um, thanks for the fingers. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we uh, have uh, we have a last yeah. lip sync. Um, in honor of me being torn by the winner of this week, I have picked "Torn" by Natalie Imbruglia. I mean, Brulia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the um, it's the national theme song for uh, Anal Fissure Awareness Month. So, <laughs> is that nice? <laughs> oh God! All right, Mary. Uh, nothing's fine. I'm torn. Bye. Yeah. Bye. I thought I saw a man born to lie. He was warm. He came around like he was dignified. He showed me what it was to cry. Well, you couldn't be that man I adore. You don't seem to know, you seem to care what your heart is for. Well, I don't know him anymore. There's nothing where.